The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world, and thank you for joining us here at The, <laughs> the Career Confidant. It's been a month of travel for me and, and conferences and speaking at conferences, so glad to be back here and, and in Colorado and speaking to you about the ways that you can improve your career management. So we've been covering topics around branding, around job search, and resumes, and today we're going to switch gears a little bit and go back to something that we haven't talked about for a few weeks, the good old topic of interviewing. So when you are trying to manage your career, interviewing sometimes falls off of people's radar. Maybe you get promoted and you've been in this the same quote-unquote job for a long time, and you forget that you really haven't interviewed for a position until you have to. And you're thinking about, you know, all of the typical things that people might ask. And as we've gone through in this show, maybe coming up with stories to answer those those good old behavioral questions. And then you walk into an interview and... It's not what you expect at all. So we're going to talk about some of those unexpected questions today and talk about some of the ways that interviewing is changing, talk about what you can do to get your mind thinking, because I don't necessarily recommend that you try to prepare to answer every question. It's more about understanding why they might ask some of these questions or what they might be looking for and really just being comfortable enough with yourself to not overthink it too much because sometimes, honestly, your HR person and maybe more typically your small company or uh, hiring manager might be asking a question simply because they saw it online and it sounded cool or because they like to ask it. So sometimes we can think into things too much. I was talking to a family member last week while we were out on on visiting family and heard someone talking about, oh, you know, when I hired, I always asked people what they like to do, what their favorite food was, 
and something else. And those were the only question, questions that really mattered. Well, that's nice. Most HR research would tell you that that's probably not a great way to hire someone, right? Not getting much feedback there. But that's that person's idea. Now, what you say and the answer to those questions, you may or may not be able to predict what they're looking for because, honestly, most of the time they don't really know what they're looking for. It's more about are you comfortable enough with yourself to have that conversation, to be real, and to let go of having to have the right answer. A lot of times that trips us up. So the classic example that I've had, and and this is a story I've probably told before on the show, but working with a woman who was interviewing for a position and they asked her, how did she like her coffee? Caffeinated or regular? And she struggled with that, right? And, And her response was, well, I can make both. Now, was that a right answer? Was that a wrong answer? Who knows? It was a good answer, right? She actually had an answer, so that's a good thing. And it had a little bit of humor in it, so that might be a good thing. If they were looking for her to say that she liked decaf because she had enough energy, who needs it from coffee? You know, great, they should have asked about her energy level in a different way, or maybe she showed that energy level in a different way. They were looking to say, you know, that she drinks regular, wouldn't drink anything else because that's what everyone in the office drinks. How can you, you know, you can't know those things. And so overanalyzing it, getting caught up in it, trying to figure out what the right answer is, will most of the time just drive you crazy um, because there isn't a right answer. Now, you can think about some of these things ahead of time, and I'm going to share some examples that I found in an article that might be helpful and maybe entertaining, but it's really the idea of thinking about what really matters and how you're going to, what you want them to know about you, and then when these questions come up, you'll be able to hopefully incorporate some of what you want them to know about you because it's bigger than answering just this question, right? It's all about your brand. How do you want to be perceived? What do you want them to think are your strengths? All of those are going to play into how you answer these questions. So let's think about some of the most asked. So This is from an article on Quint Careers. We'll talk through some of these. Some of them have to do with money, right? So if you won the lottery or if you had uh, unlimited time and money, what would you do? So think about how that relates to your brand and what you want people to know about you. For instance, if you wanted people to know that you're into international Maybe you're applying for positions that are international, require international travel and expertise. Then including something about travel would probably make sense in that answer, right? If you're applying to a charity and there's a genuine connection between you and something with that charity, then it might make sense to throw some of that into your answer. 
that I might do these things. And and how do you weave together the things that are, again, true to you and your brand, some of the things that might be more applicable to the position or the company, putting those together so that you've got a great genuine answer that also in some ways makes some kind of a connection back to your strengths for that position, why you're applying all of those things. And in general, I would keep answers to these types of questions fairly short. Again, there's not a whole bunch of value that that they're getting out of these necessarily. So, you know, if you won $20 million in the lottery, you might say, yes, I'm going to take care of my family. Then I would donate to these charities. And again, if you can be specific, they're great. And then maybe one other, other, other thing. So that you're closing, you're answering the question, you're weaving in something that's telling them who you are, but you're not going on and on about it. That's not where you want to spend your time in the interview, right? We want to spend our time more in the interview talking about how we are qualified for the position, things that we've done in the past that relate to that position, our skills, successes that are relevant. So the personality piece here is important. If you're funny, don't be afraid to incorporate humor. If you're not funny, don't force it, right? Just be true to yourself. You always get the wonderful ones about what tree or animal or um, car you would be. Again, you want to think about what you want to connect to your brand. Would you be a Jeep because they're agile? Would you be a Lexus because they're elegant? What what do those things say about your brand? Don't need to overthink it. As, again, is there something they're looking for? But what works for you? And again, how can you weave in some way to highlight your strengths and your brand while not overthinking it? There was one that asked about, you know, what kind of candy bar is your favorite or something like that? Or what kind of candy bar would you be? And in in this Quint Careers article, Cynthia Bergner has some great answers. And to that question, she answers the Snickers, right? The Snickers is complex because it has chocolate, nougat, caramel, and nuts. And it satisfies you, right? And so if you think about what that might say about you, I'm, I'm layered, I'm complex, I'm versatile, and maybe that I'm not a quick fix, right? Snickers is always that thing where it's going to satisfy your hunger versus just being a, a sugary snack that disappears, although I might challenge that claim, that's what they're saying. So we're thinking about how we answer these questions, how that Im- reflects on our brand, what does that say about you? Not just throwing out an answer, but again, not spending too much time preparing for anything specific. Now, some people will ask specific questions, and especially in the leadership positions, and I had a colleague in higher ed who was asked, you know, how would you spend $60,000 on a career program? Now, that's different. Of course, you want to have thought through 
how you would spend that money. It needs to be specific to the, the job. That's not how would you spend $20 million in the lottery. So these random questions, they do come up. Again, most of the time your interviewers going to have Googled this question. They don't necessarily know what they're looking for. They're looking to see if you can be flexible, if you can answer the question with maybe some kind of wit or at least a, a fairly speedy response. And they might be most likely to be asked in settings where that skill set is required. So customer service, uh, project management, or again, just by some hiring managers who think that this gives them a better insight into your personality. So don't be afraid to do that. Give them a little glimpse into your personality. And if they're looking for something different, that's okay, right? They were probably going to find out that your personality wasn't going to be a good fit either way. Now, when you think about people, if they ask about people that that you look up to or some of those questions, you know, I wouldn't try to be overly flattering um, in terms of someone at the company or those types of things. Again, that genuine response to what it is that you find as inspiration in your life. Now, some of these questions are really off the wall, so I'll just read a few of them off. Um, A few of them have to do with headlines. So if someone wrote a biography about you or what would the headline for your life be? What would the title of that biography be? Who would be the person that plays you in a Hollywood movie? Right there, that could be a lot of fun. if you had the opportunity to switch to the opposite gender for a week, would you or would you not? Just questions that, again, who knows where these are coming from. It's all about knowing what your brand is and being clear about what you want people to know about your value, what you stand for, all of those things. We've talked about branding a lot. So that when you walk in and you get one of these questions, you can answer it in a genuine way that also connects to that brand, which also then should connect to your strengths for that position. So we're going to continue to uncover some of these more unearthed, I guess, or um, off the wall is what they call it, off the wall interview techniques or interview questions when we come back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com 
or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series on Industry Cloud Trends. Join us to learn about the next wave of industry-specific solutions moving into the cloud. Industry Cloud Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about some interviewing trends and new things that people are doing, things that you might not have seen, what's going on out there in the interviewing world. So we just talked about some of the first things that are going on, which is these strange questions. Off-the-wall questions seem to be on the rise. Um, You know, if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? What would I find in your refrigerator? Who would you be if you could be anyone for a day? What would the headline be of your life? All of these kind of off-the-wall questions are on the rise. Again, people, I think, trying to identify some personality, so don't be afraid to have it. Don't try to prepare for all these questions. Again, be centered in, in what your brand is. What do you want people to know about you? Then you'll be able to answer those questions genuinely and on brand for you and for the position that you're applying for. Other things, other trends, of course, that not too surprisingly in, in our world today, video interviewing. So more companies are using Skype or their own technologies to do a video interview. Most of us hate video, right? The video camera is not our friend. And especially for an interview, that can be very intimidating. So found some tips for you here. Some of this is from an advice column, money and career cheat sheet. Of course, we always want to be prepared, but in video interviewing, that means knowing your sound, doing a test call with someone to make sure your mic works, know what's your connection is it a good enough wireless or can you have a wired connection if you're if you're using a laptop versus a home computer what does the microphone pick up what does the video camera pick up all of those issues you obviously want to know ahead of time so it makes a little bit different quote-unquote preparation process than the the issues of going to an interview. Kind of like a phone interview, but a little bit more involved. 
you want to know what the lighting's going to look like. You know, do you do you look good <laughs> as good as you can in front of the lights and the camera? Can people see your face clearly? Where do you want your face held so that you know people aren't looking up your nose or all of those things to think ahead of time. Interestingly, this article talks about blue looking good on video. So if you're going on video, maybe thinking about a a Royal Navy or sky blue instead of bright colors, interesting. So thinking about that, what what will you wear and how will that help you stand out a little bit in your interview? The hardest thing I think about video interviews is that you don't get to have that physical interaction, right? Whether it's a a handshake or whatever it might be, you you get the nonverbals in a sense, but you don't get that physical connection with your hiring managers. So you want to make sure that you're using good non-visuals whether that's a head nod, but obviously you don't want to overdo it. Good eye contact, right? So that you're looking into the camera and and really trying all those things that you would do in a normal interview where you're sitting up and slightly bent forward, the eyes forward, where the camera's looking so that you you have that great nonverbal, even though you're you're on camera. All of those same things apply, and how you're sitting and all of those things will play into your ability to do those nonverbals. So your body language is still going to be important. So smiling and communicating, leaning forward, showing your interest, and really being able to give the eye contact not only just through the camera but you'll want to make sure that you can kind of resist the temptation to focus on yourself right and and you might even practice with a friend how often do you want to look at making sure your face is still in the camera you do want to be able to see that so that you don't have something happen and you don't realize that something shifted or your camera stopped working so you want to be able to look at what they're seeing in terms of you but you don't want to look there too much you don't want that to distract you so getting used to that and that took me some time doing Skype conversations with clients it took some time to feel comfortable not looking at me too much right that okay now I know where I'm at, I know where the camera's at, and and I can focus on them, and and just check back every once in a, in a while, and not get distracted by trying to figure out if I should move or if my hair looks okay. Right, all of those things, when we get nervous, especially, can distract us. So practicing understanding what that looks like is going to be important. Now, along with those video interviews, another thing that's on the rise is having you do some kind of presentation, but a lot of times now you're doing that via video. So a company might ask for you to put together a a PowerPoint presentation, Prezi, whatever kind of presentation you want, or they ask you to put together. 
and then you're actually delivering that virtually, almost like a webinar, to the interviewing team. A little bit more challenging than even just doing a presentation in person because, again, you have all of those pieces that you want to make sure work together, whether it's that you're on video and you've got the slide presentation or it's just the slide presentation and your voice, understanding what that technology is going to look like, being able to practice with it, and having some... I would say assistance with your presentation. Now, does that need to necessarily be professional assistance? Maybe not if you're especially good with the technology piece, but to make sure that your presentation is practiced, it's it has a clear flow, it fits together well, it balances whatever the objective objective is that they wanted you to achieve and or it balances telling your story connecting with them and and quote-unquote selling you right I worked with clients who've had these types of presentations and there's always that fine balance and a lot of times they give you a presentation without too much direction so put together a presentation a five-minute presentation on yourself or put together a five-minute presentation that markets you or marketing positions or sales positions that can be pretty common. And you want to put together a presentation that does a good job of connecting with your audience, not overly, you know, overly salesy, that in some way expands upon the information they might already have about you and getting an outside opinion on that, whether that's a colleague perhaps a a family member or a coach, maybe a former former colleague, getting some outside information on that I think can be very helpful. Uh, From what I've seen with my clients, it's a challenging task to put that together and important to think about how that might appear for someone else. and get that out outside feedback before you get into the interview. So that is on the rise, again, if, especially virtually, having someone do that kind of a presentation in the interview virtually. So be prepared for that, especially if you're in sales and marketing, but even seeing that coming up as a trend in, in other types of work, taking another turn on that virtual type of interview using video. So those are some of the the trends in terms of interviewing. We're going to come back after the break and talk about um, a few more. We're going to talk a little bit about group interviews, which are also on the, the rise, and how you might prepare for that kind of group interview and what that means where they where they're happening and all of those juicy details and then we'll continue talking about some of the other interviewing trends and other interviewing issues that tend to trip people up 
even those of you who may be interviewing more recently, but especially those of you who haven't interviewed in a while. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes and continue talking about some of these interview trends. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking about interviewing trends and trip-ups, things that might get in your way, especially if you haven't interviewed in a while. So we've been talking about interviewing quirks, the quirky questions that people are starting to ask more and more about, and then we've been talking about the rise in, in virtual interviews and how to be successful in those, as well as the, the rise in the presentations, perhaps even via virtual interview. So now we're talking a little bit about this idea of group interviews. Now, group interviews are where a hiring manager brings in multiple people to interview. So you might see people saying group interviews as that you, one candidate, are being interviewed by many people. Most of the time I hear that called a panel interview. So a panel of people is interviewing you. The idea of group interviews is always also on the rise, which is a bunch of candidates go into the interview. Now, they can be structured in a few different ways. And a lot of times they happen in a, they happen in a, 
retail, customer service, and sometimes even a medical setting, I've heard them happening in. So me, customer service manager, wants to hire a customer service representative. I get tons of applications. Most of those applicants are qualified to be a customer service representative. So what do I do? This allows me to bring in 10, 15 candidates, get them all in a room, and see a few things, right? I get to see how people actually interact with other people versus how they just interact one-on-one or even one-on-panel with my team. I can, and I worked with a hiring manager at a retail store who had designed this uh, group interview process beautifully, where she actually had projects that the interviewees worked on together in the interview so that she could see how people interacted with each other, how they problem solved, um, you know, did they take on that leadership role? Did they sit back? And people always tried to overguess those things too, right? Well, they want someone who's a leader, so they take charge. And that might turn the hiring manager off just as often as it, it's the thing they're looking for, right? Or they want someone who's really boisterous, so I'm going to pretend to be really boisterous. Pretending to be something we aren't usually doesn't go well for us in any setting. So those kind of interactive things, I think, sound better to me than what else might happen. And I've had a few candidates that come in that say, well, they sat all 15 of us in a room and they went around the circle square and asked each of us why we should be the one that's hired. And we each had to answer in front of all of us and then we all left. I'm not sure what benefit that offers versus just interviewing people one-on-one, except for, of course, you save a lot of time. Um, But that is becoming more apparent as a hiring mechanism, again, especially in those customer service, retail types of positions where it does make some sense, right? Seeing how a candidate interacts with other candidates is great. And I get to give more people a chance, which candidates are always saying they want, right? So now I've got 15 candidates I can interview versus maybe only being able able to interview five. They might all be in the same room at the same time, but I get to see more people. So don't be um, caught too off guard if that happens to you. It is out there. Actually heard about it actually being used in a social work hiring forum recently. I had a client who was a social worker and went into a group interview where there are multiple candidates for this social work position all in the room at the same time again had kind of a structured interview that they were going through with all of them present at the same time interacting with each other so uh, that is on the rise this idea of what i'm going to call group interview i think the panel interview where there's a, a panel or team of people who is interviewing you as a candidate all by yourself is also on the rise and so in all of these groups you want to be kindergarten rules, right? Be on your kindergarten best behavior, be nice to other people, be who you are. Don't try to overanalyze, you know, how you necessarily can stand out, although that's important. And don't try to overanalyze what they might be looking for. And especially if it's something that's 
not who you are? How can you be true to who you are while still maybe portraying a brand that also fits what they're looking for, that happy medium there between your your brand and what they're looking for? How can you stand out by all the other things we talk about in any other interviewing? Know your brand, know who you are, know what your value is, know what you're going to say, know what as much as you can about what they're looking for, connect with the other people. Don't be afraid to also connect to your other applicants unless it's a really crazy competitive culture then it might make sense to be competitive with your other applicants, but especially in a customer service or a social work or any types of those positions, it's not going to make sense to come in with this super competitive attitude against the other people who are there. If it's a panel of people interviewing you, you know, be, be nice to everyone, connect with everyone, learn everyone's name, use everyone's name speak and make eye contact with everyone around the table. So really thinking about how you can do that in that that group, that panel, especially when they're all firing questions at you can be challenging. It's that deep breath and, and making sure you're making eye contact with the person who's asked the question, make eye contact with the other people as you answer the question. And, you know, writing down their names or doing something so that you can use those is important. Interestingly, an article that I was reading last week was talking about this myth that you should use your the other person's name a lot, right? That you should use the name every time you connect or every time you speak with someone. And not maybe too surprisingly, that doesn't always make sense. Right? If you use that person's name every single time you address them, it can sound contrived. And this article was talking about how it may be a complaint or the start of an argument, that it may actually start to sound like you're being mean to them because you're using their name every time. Interesting thought, and that may or may not come across, but thinking about how you can especially if it's a panel that's interviewing you, write down their names and use their names to show that you're having interest in everyone on the team. Of course, the things you want to watch out for is paying too much attention to who you perceive to be the hiring manager, paying too much attention to any one person um, or letting one person kind of throw you off. Maybe they purposefully put an antagonist on the team who's going to question you or, or do some of those things that throw you off your game and you want to acknowledge them and, and of course answer their questions but not allow them to take up all of your energy all of your attention in how you're connecting with everyone else who's there so those two things are on the rise both group interviewing where they're interviewing a group of candidates and panel interviews where there's a panel of people who are interviewing you and both of these you know as you can think about make a person feel more sure about their hiring decision whether it's because I got to see a lot of different candidates or it's because I had my team there and and we all got to ask questions we all get to give our feedback on what we saw in this person so 
they make sense. They have their perks. They definitely have their challenges. And mostly it's understanding that they're out there and don't be surprised. Of course, one of the most important things that you can do when you're setting up any kind of interview is ask those questions. Can you tell me about the format of the interview? Who will I be interviewing with? What's the time space, you know, the timeline, amount of time that you anticipate it will take? That you can get all of those, or at least give yourself an opportunity to have those brought up. That, oh, you'll be interviewing with A, B, and C. Well, great. Now I can, one, look them up, and two, I know it's going to be a panel interview, so I can do some research on best practices there and make sure I'm prepared for that. Or, you know, hopefully they'll tell you, well, it'll be a group interview where 10 other candidates and you will be coming in. Hopefully they'll tell you those things. And usually an HR person, hiring managers, will want to share that information with you, they're not trying to trick you most of the time, and you can get into that mode before you even get there. So if it's gonna be a phone interview, who will I be interviewing with? Because if it's a HR person, you'll wanna prepare differently than it's if it's the hiring manager or a team member. All of those questions can help you prepare better, and maybe even just knowing what to expect. So when we think about interviewing and and all these new things that are happening, uh, I think it's important just before you know we get to our last segment here to realize that the the intent of an interview still has not changed. Right? The interview's place in the hiring manager in the hiring process is really to see if you're a good fit. We've already decided that you're qualified. We looked at your resume or your LinkedIn profile or your application, and we decided that you're qualified. So although in the interview we might be poking out a few of those qualification issues, we're really trying to determine if you're a good fit. So one of the last trends that I'm seeing is homework or technical interviews or some kind of proof of your work. And so when we're doing those things, it's important to realize that, yes, people are testing qualifications somewhat, but they're also still testing fit. How do you approach the problem? How do you write? Do you do the things that they are looking for, which may be related to skill, but they also might just be related to how you exercise that skill? And again, some of that we can research and know and adjust for, and some of that we can't, and we can waste our time overanalyzing and worrying about it and all of those issues. So we're going to come back in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about some final thoughts here on interviewing and just a few more thoughts around these the trend with proving your skills in an interview, technical interview, all of those 
skill proving <laughs> interviewing techniques. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking about interviewing, and we've kind of come to one of the final trends, which is having to prove your work in the interview. So, you know, this, the classic example might be in the movies where they, you know, have the person in the interview and they say, sell me this red pen. Now, is it really about that person's ability to sell that red pen in some ways, but a lot of it's also about how they do it and that how translates into fit. So when we're thinking about those issues sometimes it's not necessarily about that you can solve the problem especially in a technical interview right my husband's an engineer and talks about this every once in a while that they'll have an interview or a client might even come in and say that they've had an interview and they're they had to solve this problem but the Reality was that the problem wasn't solvable. It was all about the process. What what was the process that the person went through to either try to solve the problem or how could they show that they knew what resources to go to to try to solve the problem 
or maybe, of course, that they figured out that the problem wasn't solvable, but here's how they went about showing that. So it's, it's, there's a deeper issue there sometimes. And I just was talking to a colleague who they have a admissions position open at a school and they had the candidate write letters, write a letter to the uh, students thanking them for something, coming to an event and writing a letter to a parent. Well, those two letters, maybe there's some personality and fit piece there. There's also a lot of skill, right? One of their candidates had spelling errors. Yikes, in in their letter, probably not going to get hired if you don't have the, the skill. If both candidates had shown the basic level of skill, then it probably would have gone to fit or personality. How does this person's tone match the tone of our institution and actually interestingly enough the person that they're going to hire doesn't necessarily have the warmth that this institution would like to have or does have but they spelled everything correctly right so if the other candidate had spelled everything correctly and had the warmth they would have beat out the other candidate so it's again you have to be yourself and do what you have pay attention to what that culture is what what is the position looking for and how can you always bridge those two things together and realizing that sometimes it's not about the answer or selling that red pen but about the the process and how you do it that goes more into the decision making so those types of things are on the rise i think especially as people have issues and more and more issues with performance on with new hires, which has always been a problem. People are always trying to figure out better ways to to do to hire, better ways to get more success in their hiring. And those are some of the things that they're doing, asking these quirky questions, doing more video interviews so that they can interview more people, doing more group interviews. If they're local and they're hiring local, they can see more people doing more panel interviews, so it's a panel of people who's making that decision, and doing these interviews that require you to demonstrate your skill set, whether that's homework in the interview, a technical question, or as a lot of my higher education colleagues know, giving that presentation to a group when you go in for the interview, a prepared presentation like you would give a, a workshop of students. So. Switch gears for just a, a few minutes here before we close. Uh, this is comes from an article on about careers, and Allison Doyle does about careers. She's great. And just to close on maybe somewhat of a humorous note, 25 things you shouldn't say during a job interview. I really hate my job. Really? Are you going to hate this job if I hire you? And that goes for lots of negative things, and we're going to get to more of them. But in general, positivity is the way to go. I have a vacation planned in a few weeks. People do this all the time, and sometimes it's more complicated, right? I had a colleague that called me and said, so I have an interview, and I just found out that I'm 
pregnant or I'm eight weeks pregnant and I have this interview or even I'm 12 weeks pregnant and I have this interview. Do I tell someone or I have this um, disability that, you know, they need to accommodate. It's not difficult to accommodate. Do I tell them? For most of those issues, we wait to talk to it about, wait to talk about it until we have a job offer. So someone's actually offered you a position then you say, I'd love to accept, and just to let you know, I have this vacation planned. Love to accept, and to let you know, I probably wouldn't say anything personally if I was only eight weeks pregnant, but you would have to decide that. But I definitely wouldn't talk about it until after you have an offer. My boss is the worst boss ever. Or really, anything negative about any of your former bosses or coworkers, probably not going to go over that well. My current company is awful. This is one of my favorite ones. How much does this job pay? It's a valid question, and I wish employers did share it up front, but it really, especially in the first interview, just makes it sound like that's the most important thing to you. I would recommend letting the employer bring money up first. If you feel like you absolutely have to do it, I wouldn't do it in a first interview. They're more important things. Do you like them? Do they like you first? When do I get a vacation? Again, we don't need to talk about benefits or vacation or any of those things until we figure out the most important things. Is, do I want this position? Do they want me in this position? I've never heard this one, but can you give me a taxi fare to get home? Probably not a good thing to ask. (laughs) Do you mind if I take this call? I would recommend that you leave your phone in the car. So you definitely shouldn't be even worried about taking a call in the interview. Leave your phone in the car. I really need this job. Or any other things you could say to be desperate. I always go back to my dating analogy there that desperate's not attractive to anyone. And those that it is attractive to, you probably don't want to be with. You're there to learn about them. They're going to learn about you. It is a first date. I don't have all the experience you need, but I'm a quick learner. And I hear this a lot using but or just So I, or only. They'll ask, have you used Excel? Well, I've just used it doing this, or I've only used it in class. You've just diminished your own skill set, right? Let the interviewer figure out if you're qualified. Say what you do have. You don't have to overstate it. And you want to eliminate things like just, but, and only. It's on my resume. So a few things with that one. One is that Yes, but if they've asked you about it, it means they want to hear about it. Or what I've found in my own experience, sometimes they haven't read your resume, right? One of my first interviews for my first jobs was on a Colorado State campus and went into the interview. Well, it actually was my first job, but I'd worked on campus. It's important part of the story. Gone to school at CSU, Colorado State, worked on campus during and after, and I was interviewing for position on campus. Walked in, met the hiring manager, and he said, oh, I'm so glad that you were able to find campus. 
clearly hadn't read my resume at all, right? A lot of times the person who's interviewing you is not the person who determined that you would get the interview, and they may or may not have really looked at your resume that closely. They have their maybe set questions that that person told them to ask, whatever it is. But we don't want to assume that they've read your resume. And again, if they're asking you, they're giving you the opportunity to tell them that story. So go ahead and do so. So you can check out that About Careers article, 25 Things Never to Say in a Job Interview by Allison Doyle. We just got through a few of them. And we'll be right back here next week on The Career Confidant, giving you more great tips and tools to move your career forward. You can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. Happy to connect with you, answer any questions that you might have, and look forward to seeing you right back here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.